Last week, we began looking at the gospel, the good news of Jesus. I focused a lot on the idea of grace, of, of Jesus taking our place on the cross and paying for our sins, giving us a gift of eternal life. And so today I want to follow that up with uh, the, the second part of the gospel, or um, maybe we would say our response to grace. We call this faith. Hebrews 11.1 1 defines faith like this. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. And, and so hope is, is uh, looking forward to what is to come. But then faith is trusting God along the way. And so we do have hope in, in knowing what's next. Uh, the, the people in the Old Testament, they were looking forward to the promised land. But we know that was only a foreshadowing of the real promised land. And we get to see how, uh, how like Moses didn't get to see the promised land, or he got to see it, but he didn't get to enter. But then later we learn that he actually did get to enter the, the true promised land, or heaven. And so faith is our response to the gift. One summer, a drought threatened the crop in a small town. On Sunday, the preacher told his congregation, there isn't anything that will save us except for rain. Go home, pray, believe, and come back next Sunday ready to thank God for sending rain. They did as they were told and returned to church the following Sunday, but as soon as the preacher saw them, he was furious. We can't worship today. You don't believe. But we prayed. We do believe. Do you, he said. Then where are your umbrellas? Huh? A little joke there. Okay, that's enough. As simple as faith seems to be, uh, trusting God, um, it's one of the most challenging topics to preach about when you look throughout the scriptures and, and see different ways that it's defined or played out. And so when trying to evaluate faith, we might be asking the wrong questions. Uh, this, this big debate comes usually centers around the idea of works. Uh, faith and works, and and we might start to ask ourselves: Do we do uh, do we have to do certain things to get into heaven? See, James, uh, we're going to look at his text today. He talks about good works being necessary, but then Paul says the works of the law are not necessary. They're not the same thing. When you when you take them out of context and you just pull a verse here and there, then they look like the same thing, uh, but they're really not. But I think there's a, a lot bigger issue here, much bigger issue. Uh, imagine saying to your spouse, um, what's the minimum that I have to do for you to stay married to me? Um, or going to your, your boss and saying, what's the minimum I have to do uh, to keep my job? Why do we do this with our faith? We don't do this in any other area of our lives. Well, if, if we do, that's a problem. But with our faith, we say, well, what's the least amount required? Let's talk about the idea of faith and living it out. James chapter 2, beginning at verse 14. He says, What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or a sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, Go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without, your, without deeds, and I will show you my faith by my deeds. You believe there is one God? 
Good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. You foolish person, do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? Was not our father Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that his faith and his actions were working together, and his faith was made complete by what he did. And the scripture was fulfilled that says Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness, and he was called God's friend. You see that a person is considered righteous by what they do and not by faith alone. In the same way, was not even Rahab the prostitute considered righteous for what she did when she gave lodging to the spies and sent them off in a different direction? As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. If, if you're mad that I'm even reading this text, maybe the issues that you like talking about trusting God, but you're really not. It's, it's easy to put on a show and say how much I trust God with everything, but then watch my, watch my actions. See if I'm actually doing that. See the results. I think this happens because there's, there's confusion when we define faith. Faith is not just knowing and feeling. Even, it says here, even the demons believe. And so that means that they know. And what do they do? They shudder. So they have emotions. They have feelings. Well, I could say I trust God with my mind and my heart. But if I don't live it out, do I really or am I just talking? Faith is allegiance and, and loyalty. Are we trusting God along the way? Not just with our thoughts, but with our actions. Even Paul speaks of these, these good works. Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not from yourselves. It is a gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. See verse 9, not by works. Verse 10, created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Good works do not save us. They are a response to being saved. If we truly accept the gospel, the good news, and we trust God along the way, we will do good works through him in Christ. It's a byproduct. It's, it says, right, it's not from yourselves. It is a gift of God. So this is a good thing. When we live this way. But the issue probably isn't so much your faith, but who you put your faith in. See, at, at times we kind of, we start to wonder, are we doing enough? Uh, in the triumph of faith in a believer's life, the, the great 19th century preacher Charles Spurgeon said this, Our life is found in looking unto Jesus, not in looking to our own faith. By faith all things become possible to us, Yet the power is not in the faith, but in the God in whom faith relies. See, Jesus is always bigger than our faith. If I think, oh man, I'm really feeling it today. I'm, I really trust what God did through Jesus, and, and my faith is stronger than it's ever been. Does that make Jesus more powerful or more real uh, than he was before? No. When my faith's weak and I'm really struggling to understand and, and I, I question a lot more and I'm working through some things, does that make Jesus less? Not at all. I found a story that helps explain this a little better. Uh, years ago, on a flight from Japan to Taiwan, I was in the bathroom with my four-year-old daughter when turbulence hit. Without warning, we were knocked to the floor. We hit the locked door so hard it burst open. We heaved up and down for what felt like an eternity helpless against the air currents outside. At long last, the turbulence subsided, 
and we returned to our seats with my husband and other kid and other kids. Their smiles told me that the little ones thought the bumpy ride was a blast. I, on the other hand, hated flying more than ever before. Though that flight was horrible, I've flown in dozens of planes in the decades since. Yet each time I battle doubts and have to fight to keep my imagination from wondering. When turbulence hits, I grab my husband's hand, willing the plane afloat with white knuckles. My faith in the airplane is weak. Meanwhile, my husband's faith and my kid's faith is strong. They don't give the airplane's condition or our safety any thought. When turbulence strikes, they all shout, This is awesome! But here's the thing. Even though my faith is weak and my family is strong, we all arrive at the same destination. Even though I wrestle with doubt and they don't, we all get delivered to the same place. The captain doesn't come back to my seat and say, I'm sorry, ma'am, but because you doubt the soundness of this aircraft and my flying capabilities, we're going to make an early landing and let you off in another city. You don't get to arrive at the destination because your trust is weak. Our faith is not in ourselves and how strong it is. Our faith is in Jesus. He's the object of our faith. The only thing the woman in the story has to decide is if she wants to get on the airplane or not. Does she trust God's way? She still gets on the plane even if she has doubts, even if, even if the turbulence, the hardships uh, go on around her. She still is choosing to be on that plane. We're choosing to follow God even through the storms. A couple people in our story today uh, had to make a decision to trust God. When you look at this text in James, he mentions specifically two very different people. Uh, Abraham, uh, who we would call the, 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 he's the father of many nations. Uh, the descendants all go through Abraham. Um, but then Rahab is also mentioned, a prostitute. I think it's, I think it's awesome that, that, he, that he uses both these examples. See, Abraham, he got it wrong a lot, but he continued on the journey. When he trusted God, it, it went well, but when he didn't, not, not so much. He listened to God by going to Canaan. He was blessed. God told him to leave his people and his household, and he decided to take his nephew Lot with him, and uh, there was fighting between the two groups. It didn't go well. See, when he, when he listened to God, um, he was blessed, but then he, he decided instead of going straight to Canaan, he would go to Egypt first. Uh, that was not what God told him to do. And so physically, Pharaoh and his officials suffered. Emotionally, his wife Sarah suffered. Abraham put himself before her, and this was the effect of him not following God. Abraham chose to have a child with Hagar, even though that's not what God told him to do. Then came the family issues. The paths that we choose are meant to satisfy us. Uh, we, we do these because we think it's, it's what's best. But the paths that he chooses are meant to satisfy him. So we have to listen. See, God may care more about our journey, following him and, and trusting him, than the actual result. I think we care a lot more about the results. I think he cares about the journey and our character and, and becoming more like Jesus than just what do we accomplish. And even we even like to justify it and say, this is what I'm going to accomplish for God, and I'm going to do whatever it takes. I don't think that's what he's after. Two men had gone moose hunting up in Canada for a week. The pilot had flown in to pick them up, and as he arranged ahead of time, he saw their equipment and, and two moose and said, 
I'm sorry guys, but we can't take both moose back with us. There will be too much weight. The plane will never get off the ground. Uh, we think it'll be all right. Uh, last year we came up here with the same equipment, shot two moose about the same size. Uh, the pilot who picked us up had a plane about the size of yours, and we got off the ground just fine. Well, if you think it can be done, we'll go ahead and try it. So they loaded up all the equipment, the two moose, and climbed aboard. He headed down the strip as fast as he could and began to pull the plane up. The plane bounced a couple of times and then finally lifted off the ground, flew a short ways, and crashed. After about 15 minutes, one of the two guys woke up. Soon the other did, and they looked around for a moment, and one of them said to the other, Where are we? They looked one more, uh, took one more look around and, and said, uh, Oh, uh, about 200 yards further than last year. Man, I'm, I'm killing it with these jokes today. Uh, I just love these stories. <laughs> anyway, um, we, we looked at Rahab, and you, you see where he was at in following God. And even though he failed, he stayed on the journey. And when he followed God, the results were good. With Rahab, uh, she, she put her trust in God, uh, even, even though it seemed like she knew a lot less. And, and three things really happened that stood out to me. Uh, one, her life was spared. And, and so you might ask yourself, how does my faith help me? And that's okay. It, it doesn't end there, but that's a good start. Um, what else happened? Her, uh, her faith saved her family's life. So we might ask, how does my faith help those people around me? That's a good question. And from Hebrews 11, we see that Rahab was commended. What kind of legacy will, will we leave because of our faith? And, and maybe we think, well, who cares about my name and my legacy? But maybe it, it's something that sparks your, your children, uh, their faith, or your grandchildren, or your great-great-grandchildren who you never meet. Rahab was a prostitute, and she was commended for her faith. And after hearing this message uh, about Rahab, I think we could never use the excuse that we're too, we're too bad for, for God to, to love us. Uh, she, she did things that she shouldn't have, but she put her faith in God, and she was commended for it. So why, if, if Rahab puts her faith in God and Abraham does, why don't we? I mean, why do we miss this sometimes? And I'm not, I'm not saying that we uh, all don't put our faith in God all the time, but at times we fail. And when, do we, when are we most likely to fail? I, I think uh, it's first because we, we put our trust in the world. If everyone else is doing it this way, then I probably should do it this way too, even if I don't really believe that this is what God wants me to do. Uh, or, or maybe um, I know some pretty wise people. Uh, they're not. They don't follow God or the Bible, but but they they're after results, and and so I think I'm going to put my trust in in other people. Um, but probably most of the time, we just we know what's best. Uh, my experience, this has worked and this hasn't, so I'm just going to trust myself. Ultimately, we lack faith not because we trust the world or others or ourselves so much more, but because we just don't trust God all that much. Maybe we just haven't haven't seen uh, enough. Uh, 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 we haven't seen the results that we'd like. Um, I challenge you to remain faithful. It, it might not be easy. There are times when you feel like, I don't really, really want to do it his way. Maybe I tried it his way and I didn't like what happened. Well, that's very short-sighted. Maybe I didn't like a, a, a result that, that might, might have some impact for uh, a little while. But I think God's a little more concerned about eternity than right now. So do we trust him? When people do make the decision to trust Jesus, then what? 
Well, in the New Testament, we see responses. We see confession. Uh, the first thing that you have to do is acknowledge that Jesus is Lord. Romans 10.9 says, If you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. And so that's the first part. Matthew 16.16, 16, when, when Jesus says, who, who do you say I am? Simon Peter said, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And so the first question that we answer is, who is my faith in? Not how strong is my faith or what do I, what do I need to do to make, this, to make this go, but who is my faith in? Who's the object of my faith? Who will I trust? And the answer has to be Jesus, always. So then once we make that decision, then we repent. Mark 1.15 says the time has come. Uh, the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. So we believe in our hearts and our minds, and then we repent. We walk Towards God, we we turn around from our way of doing it, uh, of trusting ourselves and and the world around us, and we trust God. And then there's this uh, this idea of baptism. If, if I'm going to follow Jesus, then how will I show that? Um, and and I'll receive a gift as well, the gift of the Holy Spirit. See Romans six four really really makes this. Uh, uh, I love this imagery. It says, we were therefore buried with him, Jesus, through baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. And so the decision we make is to die to ourselves, to stop trusting myself, and to, to start trusting Jesus. It's the decision to, to get rid of my old life and to allow him to live through me, through the Holy Spirit. This is a big decision. This is, the, this is a huge step here because it's not just, uh, I'm doing this on my power. No, this is the power, the Holy Spirit, the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is now living in you and living in me and living through us. This is a big deal. And when we have the Spirit in us, then we do this last thing uh, that, uh, that is, it's also a decision to do because we can deny this. We, we can deny the Spirit and, and, uh, and we can live our own way still. But in Matthew 4.18, Jesus called the first people to follow him. And I say I want to say disciples, but they weren't disciples yet. And it says, as Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother called Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. These guys had to make a decision, and they answered the call. See, Jesus told them that they would be sharing the good news with others. And I'm, I, I think this, is a, this would be a challenge because they didn't know what the good news was yet. But they didn't know one thing, the only thing they had to decide. Who were they going to be following? They didn't know all of Jesus' story. They didn't know everything he was going to do. This was new, but they had to decide, would they trust Jesus or not? Verse 20. At once, they left their nets and followed him. What does your faith look like? More importantly, who is the object of your faith? And last, are we trusting God along the way? Let's pray. Father, thank you so much uh, for showing us uh, examples of, of what it looks like to follow you. Thank you for the gift of, of new life. Uh, because of your grace, uh, we have hope. And, and so I pray that we would first consider the hope uh, of eternity, the hope through Jesus, and the love that you showed us through, through that sacrifice. 
And as we consider that and make that decision, I pray for Christians to keep remembering and, and, and keep trusting. I, I pray for those who have not made a decision to follow you uh, and not accept Jesus as their Savior, uh, that, that, that their, their eyes will be open uh, to at least consider this. Uh, so, so please uh, bless us all in our, in our, in our ways of, uh, of trusting you and help us to follow you the best we can. Thank you so much for Jesus. And it's his name we pray. Amen.